This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Hello, listeners. Uh, huge apologies this week. Sickness has invaded the ziggurat. I told Joe Patrick, please don't kiss the moloids, but the guy doesn't listen. So he's laid up right now, but our medical droid is seeing to him. We've got him floating in the back of the tank. He's going to be fine in no time, I promise. We are just lucky to have the THN historian Jason Sachs here to bring a very special remembrance of George Perez, who passed this last week. Jason, thank you so much for your work here. And if you enjoy what Jason does, you can hear more of it here on the show. He is also an accomplished comic historian, author of the American Comic Book Chronicles. They are incredible resources for comic book history. I highly recommend them. Thanks again, Jason, and rest in peace, Mr. Perez. You will be remembered in comic nerds' hearts forever. Hi, I'm Jason Sachs, and I want to talk to you about the life and times of the great George Perez. So uh, you've probably read a ton of biographies of Perez over the last couple of days as we've been uh, thinking about this great comics artist. So I thought I'd share kind of my personal take on the man's career, which kind of parallels his life and his time in comics. So I think it's fair to say that George Perez was my first favorite comic artist. Which seems like a weird thing to say, but he was really the first artist whose work I actually really started to recognize when I first got into comics when I was a kid. So it happens that my first years reading comics more or less coincide with Perez's first years drawing comics. His first uh, major Marvel work was in the 70s, 74, and 75, first helping Rich Buckler on Deathlock the Demolisher, and then moving over as the main artist on Avengers, which now that I think of it is so strange, but at the time Avengers had this rotating crew of artists and had no one stable working on it. Uh, Perez got assigned to Avengers, I think with issue 142. I first saw his work just a few months later, 146, 147 into 150, and I was immediately blown away by the level of detail and energy he brought to his work. It was uh, unlike anybody else's, and by just a year or two later, I really felt like my favorite comic artist was George Perez, as inked by Pablo Marcos on those early issues of Avengers. Um, and I wasn't alone. Uh, Perez became kind of a star at the time. He became uh, the one of the Marvel's biggest creators, picked up the work on Fantastic Four as well. He's quickly drawing FF at the same time as drawing Avengers. He also drew a number of other kind of smaller strips, including the Sons of the Tiger, one of Marvel's black and white mags, and the comic adaptation of the movie Logan's Run. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents the Saul David production of Logan's Run. His work just already had such a tremendous sense of detail and energy to it. And, you know, Perez kind of wandered through Marvel at that era, primarily drawing Avengers, but also wandering off into a few other titles. By the early 1980s, he got recruited to move over to DC Comics to work alongside Marv Wolfman, who had been his writer on Fantastic Four um, for much of that time. There, the pair created the New Teen Titans. 
was 1980, so I was 14 years old, and New Teen Titans was one of the most exciting new superhero books around. At that time, the X-Men were dominating comics, and I was a, as big an X-Men fan as anybody. And by the way, there's an X-Men annual drawn by Perez that's extraordinary. But the Teen Titans took the X-Men formula and took it to another level and really created this world that was so compelling and interesting, but also so kind of perfect for someone who's like 14 because a lot of it, the book is about people just slightly older, kind of finding their way and finding young love and finding uh, just their place in the world. Perez's art on those comics was amazing. Not just his amazing drawing of women, uh, Coriander especially, uh, Starfire, but also the way he drew different types of people. You know, the way he drew Raven, for example, was just this, as this powerful kind of mystic person. The incredible vistas he drew of Raven's father's version of Hell were just mind-blowing. And you know, the way he drew characters like Kid Flash and Changeling and Robin, who became Nightwing, were just incredible. And of course, you know, we have to give him credit for creating Terra and Nightwing and uh, creating their costumes and everything else that we kind of love about them. My next really powerful memory of Perez comes when he started drawing Crisis on Infinite Earths at just the time I was starting college. And I'll never forget this feeling. So I was really deeply into my studies in my freshman year of college and everything else there too. And just leaving campus was like going to another world. And going to leaving campus and going to a drugstore and finding a copy of Crisis on Infinite Earths number one was mind-blowing. And I remember never feeling as lost in a comic as I did reading Crisis number one. I just felt such an incredible sense of like relief. Like I had been studying Plato and Ptolemy and suddenly here is this world that's like this familiar, happy, fun world with this art by this amazing cartoonist. Uh, Perez's work on that on Crisis, you know, everyone is praising as it should be because it's incredible. You know, I'm proud to have one little color proof from that series on my wall. And I look at it all, the, all day long because it looks so beautiful. Next up, Perez created the new take on Wonder Woman. If you've never read his take on Wonder Woman, it is a beautiful series, very feminine focused, but also powerful, interesting, exciting. A lot of it is the basis for the original Wonder Woman movie. And Perez just knocked it out of the park. No one expected anything as humanistic, I think, as Perez created on Wonder Woman. And that book was just incredible. Check it out. It's available everywhere. From there, he drew uh, several other series at DC. He drew the famous JLA Avengers. He drew a number of issues of Ultra Force for the Ultraverse lineup in the early 1990s. It's really underrated work. It's written by a writer who's kind of dead to me, but I am so proud to own a page of original art from that work because I'm looking at it right now. It's so clean and beautifully drawn, and the character designs are so interesting. Perez just really knocked that out of the park. He also did the Kurt Busiek revival of Avengers in, starting in 1998. Um, that might be his most classic work and his most fully-fledged uh, adult work they did in comics. I remind you of the storyline in the first three issues, which presented not just 
I think, 80 Avengers, but 80 Avengers in alternate costumes set around in medieval times. It was just an insane level of detail and quality in Perez's work. He did work for several other publishers during that era as well, CrossGen and Boom Studios, among others, and all of it's just wonderful, really worth checking out. Uh, I want to conclude with one of my favorite convention stories, which happens to involve George Perez. My friend Zach, who does some uh, translation for some Japanese books, and I went to made the kind of poor decision to go to Wizard World Portland about five years ago or so. And we agreed it was just one of the worst conventions we've ever been to, just all about separating people from their paychecks. All the fans really cared about was getting their pictures taken with people like William Shatner. And there was really nothing there for a a comics fan. What was there, though, was George Perez, who uh, we walked up to him and immediately he locked eye contact with us and started smiling and just gave us such a pleasant, amazingly kind attitude from him. He just obviously seemed to love fans so much. I'll never forget that giant smile he gave Zach and me as we were tagging with him about how much his work had influenced us over the years. I mean, here's a man who, you know, been praised by everybody who had ever seen his work. And yet, you know, two strangers coming to him in, at a crappy convention in Portland really made us feel like we made his day. Really made us feel like we made an impact on his, his life as well. And it was so sweet and so meaningful and it just makes me smile thinking of it we'll miss you george perez you were certainly one of a kind thanks again to jason and in one of his final messages to fans george perez wrote it's quite uplifting to be told that you've led a good life that you've brought joy to so many lives and that you'll be leaving this world a better place because you were a part of it Perez was one of the most incredible creators of our time, and it really does rip the guts out of THN to say goodbye to him. But he leaves behind an amazing body of work. I encourage you to check out everything Jason mentioned in his remembrance today. You will not believe what this guy did for comics if you don't already know. Thank you, Mr. Perez, for everything. And this is Matt Bomb with the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. <laughs>